Hello everyone and welcome to the latest This is the Music Meets podcast. On episode 70, I'm delighted to be joined by Joe and Brad from Indie Rockers All Right, who are just days away from releasing their belting new single, Dress Code. As well as talking about the new single, we're going to have a little chat about the band's recent announcement of playing at Why Not Festival this summer, and also find out what the band's plans are for the rest of 2023. So Joe and Brad, welcome along to the This Is The Music Meets podcast. Thanks very much for coming on. How are you both doing today? That was a lovely oh, intro. Thank you. Yeah. I love that. Nice yeah, one, Brad. Buzzing. <laughs> Great one. Well, thanks. Uh, as I say, thanks very much for coming on. Really looking forward uh, to, to having you on today. Mm-hmm. And um, before, obviously, we, we go on to talk about uh, dress code, I'd sort of like to go back, really, right back to your, uh, well, like the, the very beginning, I guess, really, your like earliest um you know like musical memory growing up either you know listening to music or you know maybe picking up the guitar or or singing or whatever it might have been for the first time yeah so uh, for me um my big thing with music um, so I didn't learn to play guitar until uh, lockdown to be fair um so I've always been massively into music and things like that um mainly through my dad um so we used to drive me around everywhere to fight. I played footy from when I was about three. Yeah. Brother as well. So my dad used to take us both to footy and he would just have his seat. Well, it was tapes originally. Yeah. And then he moved on to a CD player in, in his car. So it was just him playing his tunes. So he was massively into Pink Floyd, um, Ocean Colour Scene, Oasis. So it was just all, all the bangers, the Beatles being played in his car. So I just picked up on, on that type of music literally from from the get-go and then throughout school even like primary school I remember being in like year one and there was like a, a party and they said I'll oh, bring in your CDs and everyone was bringing in the pop CDs and I brought in the, the Beatles one album and, and said oh can you put that on and the teachers must have thought he's fucking weird him <laughs> so that, that was it for me and then <laughs> lockdown obviously I, I could play a bit of keyboard and, and whatever and then lockdown I just thought this is the time I'm going to learn guitar and I'm still quite average at it, but that allowed me to then start writing tunes because I could play a few chords. So, yeah, that's it for me. Brad's got a bit more musical experience, so go for it, Brad. I don't know about that. Mine's not as cool as that, to be honest with you. <laughs> my earliest music memory is playing my mum's Abba Gold record. Uh, <laughs> and dancing around in, yeah, dancing around my mum and dad's front room in my underpants. So, yeah. That wasn't last week, by the way. I was, I was probably around <laughs> five or six years old. Um, it was only when I got a bit older I started getting into sort of music that, that I'm into today, really. Um, so I was, <clears throat> and still am obviously good friends with the drummer of the band now. Uh, we grew up as sort of family friends, really. Um, and he's been, he's a couple of years older than me at school. He was in a, a, another band that, that we obviously used to play in. But he invited me down and said, come down, have a listen, etc." And they needed a bass player at the time. So he said, uh, learn bass, you can be in my band. And obviously looking at it going, that's pretty cool. You know, I thought, yeah, go on then. So off I went down to Money Traders with, um, I think I had 50 quid in my pocket that had been saving up all year because my nan used to put two pound in a jar for me every week. And I've been saving that up. I said, all right, I'll spend it on a, on a bass guitar. And I got, I think it was called a cheetah, horrible bass, really, really heavy. Um, the, the strings were a mile off the neck. And uh, yeah, that was me then. I, I signed a 
joined this band. I tried to drop out loads of times because we're no good at it. Um, and I guess here I am today. And weirdly, we've, we've always stuck together, myself and Liam. Um, and, and here today, different band, but but still the same engine room. So that's uh, that's where I start to get into more sort of rock music and whatnot. Yeah, sure. Some uh, some great memories there and certainly stuff as well that I can relate to, especially with the... Uh the money being put aside by your, by your nan. Uh, yeah, can definitely relate to that. Um, but kind of like then just sort of still sticking with the sort of those early memories. Can you like maybe remember um, either like, like say like a first single or maybe like an album, maybe that you purchased yourself or maybe that someone, someone else got for you. And have you got any ones that you sort of, you know, it was that first one, one that maybe you um sort of like look back now and go, Oh, what, what, what was I doing with that? To be fair, th- thinking of some like random one, like, like I say, I always remember that that Beatles one album. It was, it was, I think it was my dad got it, and I used to just play that all the time. And I was like obsessed with the Beatles. Um, but then albums in terms of like when they come out, I think it wasn't really until probably late primary school, secondary school, I really started like appreciating music that was coming out. So around the time was like Arctic Monkeys were breaking through. So I remember listening to their debut album and thinking like, like again, didn't really understand the musical aspect of it, but it was so like different, but so like in, into what I was into. And I was like, Fuck, this is this is class. So I remember tanning that at, at the time of it coming out. And then the other one as well is Cortinas. I know the, the rest of the band aren't really into them, but I followed them from, a, from when they started releasing their first albums as well. So... They they were the big ones that stuck with me when Arctic Monkeys have ever released one and whenever Cortinas have obviously like your Oasis and things like that I've listened to all those but it wasn't until like the later albums that I was really getting onto them as as they were releasing them. The other like one that's a bit obscure as well for me is and I, I still swear by it, it's one of the best albums of all time is um, the Defamation of Strickland Banks by Plan B. I just <laughs> it's completely off from like what I listen to or the music that we make but. Just that, I just think the story of that album, like front to back, I don't know if you even ever listened to it, 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 it could be made into like a film. So I always rave on about that. Um, so yeah, that's it for me. Yeah. Oh, nice. I'll have to check that one out, actually. I think, um, what was, I'm not sure if it was on the album, what was that one he did, um, uh, Stay Too Long? Um, yeah, yeah that's which, on it, yeah. That is, that is from that, right. I remember listening to that song and just thinking, wow, like, like obviously, because everyone was going, oh, he was a bit of a rapper and stuff prior to that. But obviously that got a decent voice to him to be fair um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you if you listen to it, like say from front to back it, it it's a story and like that she said the one that went massive it that all links into the story so i definitely recommend having a listen to it like there we go and, ha- and how about you brad have you got any anything like that at all like is it all always been the same or have you got sort of maybe a one in there that you're not too happy about that you got uh, i don't know i think growing up I, again i I remember finding a box of my mum's records in the loft and funnily enough, looking at you both here on Zoom, you've got the Rolling Stones logo behind you, but my mum's got all these original uh, vinyls, if you will. So there were Stones in there, Queen, everything of sort of that yeah. era really. So um, I think Bowie was, Bowie was in there as well. So um, and we, yeah, she had this dead old record play out to the big old, fashion speaker type things so yeah I, I just used to I think it was a novelty of putting the vinyl on and moving the disc and sort of the needle and, and putting them on there so yeah and that's where probably from around 10 11 years of age I started getting into some of that again really so um but I mean growing up 
my dad was more into um, them, still a guilty pleasure of mine, but Green Day. I think I've, I've seen them quite a few times now as well, whenever they're in the UK. Um, that was a, one of the first gigs I ever went to. I think the first gig I went to. So, yeah, that's um, probably a bit of a, an obscure one. Yeah, nice. Some great stuff there. So let's then fast forward it then um, to when, obviously, All Right um, uh, got together. So that was uh, 2021, obviously, you first started putting um, music out there. So you was kind of like effectively in, well, lockdown, middle of lockdown, weren't we, at that point? Um, so kind of like then, how did how did that happen? Like How, how did the band start? Um, and kind of like, well, what was it like in terms of trying to, um, you know, like record and, and rehearse um, during that period? Yeah, it was a, it was completely random how it came about, to be fair. So it was it was the back end. It was end of summer 2020. And it was when they, re- they just sort of lifted some restrictions. So one of one of my mates had, a, had like a, a party in his garden because you were allowed at that point. So it was like everyone was buzzing, went round. And I had, this was around about the time that I could play about four chords on guitar because it's what I'd been doing through lockdown, just doing my girlfriend's head in, just strumming away <laughs> in, in our flat. Um, so I, and I'd, I'd done my four chords and I'd, and I'd written Life and Ellie as well. Um, and then we were at this party and, and Matt, the, the guitarist in the band, he was there and I knew of him. He was a mutual friend of the lad that had the party on. So we'd had a few drinks and whatever and he's pulled a guitar out from down or from upstairs and he was playing on it. And I'd always said, oh, I fancy myself as being a bit of a front man. I always go to gigs and all that. And then he said, oh, well, I've written this tune. He he, um, he gave me the lyrics to Got Myself to Blame on his phone. Um, so I'm there singing at this party and everyone's singing along. And it was a bit of a laugh. But and then the next day we were like, should we just go into a, a practice room? Because you could then. You were, you were allowed to go in. Um, so we went in, but we needed a couple of other people. So we dragged in Joe Platt, who I went to school with. And then Josh Hagen, who was the original drummer. And we were just jamming it probably once a week. There wasn't really much going on at the time still. It was like restrictions had lifted, but life wasn't normal. So we had time to just keep going in and we were messing about. And then after a few goals in there, we just thought, we've actually got <laughs> a couple that could be could be a tune here. So yeah. we kept going, we kept sticking at it. And then we booked in to record um, Rat Race and Lover's Game at a local studio. Um, then we, we threw them out there and we'd booked bootleg our first gig. Um, by this point, we needed a bass player. And I knew Brad um, from when I used to go and watch him in his other band years ago. So I gave him a, a call. I said, do you fancy stepping in? And he, originally it was just to play that gig because, like he said before, he was he was fed up of being in the bands and that he'd been trying to get rid of him. So he came in and we, we played the bootleg gig and he, he stuck around since then. And it's just sort of kicked on, really. It's just... Like I say, it started off as a bit of a laugh and a joke and didn't have a clue what was going to happen. And and now a couple of years down the line, we're about to play Why Not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely crazy, really, when you know listening to it there as well. And and what about the, the, the band name? Where did where did all right, what was the inspiration come uh, where did that come from for that? We I don't really know, to be fair. We were just having a chat about random things and we were throwing in like I don't know if you've seen that TikToker, do you know who does all the um, the the proper stereotypical indie names? And that's what was being thrown about, all these mad things like the the flying carpets or whatever, do you know? And in the end it was like, let's just go for something that someone said like people say every day, and especially being from up north, everyone's just you're all right, yeah, yeah. all right. And and it, I don't know, someone suggested that and we thought, yeah, let's just go with it. <laughs> yeah. Stuck it yeah, nice. Oh, okay. Very interesting that. So 
obviously, um, we're recording this before uh, the new single comes out, Dress Code, it's called, um, which is due out on the Monday, the 11th of June. Uh, you very kindly uh, let me have um, a little listen to it. Um, and it's an absolute belter of a song. Really, really enjoyed listening to it and um, had it on uh, quite a lot. It's a shame that that doesn't go towards the uh, the Spotify streams, to be honest. Um, but can you just like let us know, uh, like what what's the story? What's what's like the inspiration behind this particular track? Um, do you want to go, Brad? Or <laughs> go on, you'll know that story better than me. <laughs> No, so to be fair, in terms of like the, the, the writing that we'd done before Dress Code, it was always either me or Matt that write the tune initially. Um, and then we would then give it to the band and then it obviously it would take on like a new a new life once once the boys get hold of it. Um, but Dress Code was the first time we actually just did something from complete scratch as a full band. So um, we just had a free session in, um, we were in Salford Uni studio, some some lad that we know had, had got us in, a uh, fella from Hugh and the Greater Good, actually. He said, oh, I've got a free practice room if you fancy it. So we got there. We didn't have a gig to practice for, so we just were jamming about. And then the lads, obviously, they they were playing and we, we got a bit of like a, a groove going. Um, so once they'd got the tune, I think I wrote the majority of the lyrics, but with everyone chipping in. But we were trying to think of like a concept behind it. And, and the big thing is, I don't know if you've, um, seen any videos or was online or whatever is I always wear shorts it's not just in the band it's it's all year <laughs> round wherever I go I'm in shorts but it holds me back and again mentioning my girlfriend we go to go in places and I'm in a pair of shorts and we get turned away and she she's pissed off at me so um, <laughs> it always does me head in that you can't get in places based on how you dress so that, I had a bit of a bee in my bonnet about that so that just drove the, the whole song then but like I say, I think because we wrote it as a full band together, I think personally it's by far the best best bit of work that we've done. Um, to be fair, I don't know if you'd agree, Brad. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the song, um, a lot of different riffs, melodies, etc. And it is one, like Joe said there, we did all sit down and make sure we all had our best creative input into it. Um, so yeah, it, it we wanted we wanted it to be one that you tap your foot to. So. And I think minimum it does that. So that's uh, that's that ticked off. Yeah, definitely. And, and and kind of like as well, then obviously you've sort of briefly there, Joe sort of explained uh, like normally how the, the sort of the writing and recording process works. But sort of Brad, did, did, did you prefer this way of working on dress code in comparison to, you know, how the previous songs have worked? And, and do you think it's something that you might, um, you know, you might explore again as a band in the future? I'm just a session bassist that's still here, so you know I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I love um, I do like getting stuck in, and when we're not practicing for say an upcoming gig or festival slot or whatever it looks like, um, it's nice just to get a spare hour, two hours in, just to get in a room and be creative. Nothing else on the agenda, and just fresh out what whatever it is one of the lads has been working on, mm. um, and try and make it ten times better. So. Um, we, we've got a few of them in the bag at the minute where they're, they're all probably 30, 40% of the way there. Then you're kind of going, yeah, that's going to be a, a, a big one. So, um, yeah, I do enjoy it. It's a, There's a whole theory around different ways of being creative. I'm definitely one that will take an idea and enhance it rather than writing a tune from scratch, if that makes sense. So um, it, it suits me particularly well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and also as well, I just want to go back... Um one single um to obviously life of nelly 
Um, it's kind of like obviously fan- fantastic song and obviously a, a very sort of personal uh, song, really. But but kind of like for those that maybe haven't heard it yet and are just sort of maybe discovering. Um, all right, are you? Are you uh, can you just sort of give us a little bit of background um, in into that song? Yeah, yeah. So like I say, I literally I could when I could could play the basic first four chords. Um, you know, during lockdown, my dad had died about um, it was about five months before. And like I say, um, my whole earliest memories of music were all through my dad. Um, we used to go to gigs together. He took me to see Roger Waters um, when I was about eight, uh, Paul Weller, things like that. So everything we spoke about was always music. Um, so like I say, he died. And then as soon as I could play those chords, I just wrote the tune and I didn't I didn't sit down and think I'm going to write a tune about my dad, but I think it was just like, I think it was there ready. I just needed yeah. to be able to play along to it. So I wrote it and and then it sort of sat there as part of a set for for a couple of years. And it was it was how I originally wrote it. It was like it was quite slow. Um because it was like it was like quite an emotional but simple tune again, going back to the four chords. Um so and then when we came to the point where we were like, right, we need to release this. But then again, this is where Brad and, and Smithy and, and Joe that are, they are the more talented musicians at the end of the day. They took it and they've they've made it into obviously a single that um will be listened to and and appreciated by someone who doesn't have that personal connection to me or or to my family so um yeah so it's obviously big thanks to the boys there for for making it into a tune that people like yourself would listen to so i was just buzzing to get it out there though and obviously to share his story yeah no it's definitely um from personal point of view it's definitely something um that is uh relatable uh to me and i think there's probably a few other people as well that are they're in a similar boat and you know, fan- fantastic song. Um, certainly loved um, listening to it when I first got it, and and, and even now as well. Um, but also, as well, I want to I want to give um, a little mention as well to obviously your second single, um, which was my sort of entry point into into all right. Obviously, that the second single uh, was called Tangerine Dream, um, and it's had uh, just over forty five thousand um, Spotify streams so far. <laughs> um, I mean, you must be pretty pleased when you hear and and see things like that, um, you know, with, with you know about how well the song's done. So kind of like then, what what was the reaction, um, you know, when you when you hear about things like that, those sort of numbers, and I mean, I'm guessing as well that when it's played live, that it must get a a pretty good reaction as well from the crowd, right? Yeah, it does. It goes down well, obviously, particularly in Blackpool. Um, when we play it out of time, out of town, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a different one because like. I say it is one of our most simple tunes, to be fair. So, um, I know Brad's not a massive fan of playing it live, to be fair, for that reason. He doesn't don't get to get stuck into his bass, I think. Um, but no, <laughs> you got something to say there, Brad? I'm not originally from Blackpool, so it's one of them, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's um, it's a simple tune and it's best in its best form as an acoustic song. So I think we we spoil it a bit trying to put the full band behind it live. Um, so, yeah, one for us to think about. Yeah, definitely. And I think I'm right in saying as well, that was the first song um, that you had played um, at Blackpool, obviously Blackpool Football Club as well. I mean, that's obviously, I know um, that's a pretty big, pretty big moment, for, obviously, for the band. I mean, how how did you find out um, that, they, that the football club were going to do that for you guys? Well, to be fair, that from when we first released it, there was obviously the football link. Obviously, calling it Tangerine Dream in, in the first instance, Blackpool playing Tangerine. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't directly written as a football tune. Um, 
by any stretch. It, it's about obviously being from a, a northern working class town, but obviously by calling it Tangerine Dream, it's it's taken that meaning. And and Blackpool fans, to be fair to them, they they have proper taken it in. Um, and it it gets played quite often at, at the ground before games. But for a lot of Blackpool fans, not enough. So I don't on our Twitter all the time. We're obviously we always getting like hounded by Blackpool fans, people that we know and people people that we don't, um, tagging us and tagging the the the, the club in, saying when's this going to be the walkout tune? And <laughs> it's it's a bit like if that happened, obviously it'd be an absolute dream. But when when we wrote it, it that wasn't in the back of our minds. Yeah. Um, the whole thing was though it it linked in like perfectly to when we got promoted to the championship. So. When we released it, um, it was like playoff final weekend. So it just, everything just sort of fell into place, really. And then the club said, yeah, you can record a video. You can come in the ground for the video. So it just sort of like, it really, really worked for us. And the town do absolutely love it, to be fair. So it, it is like a a thing to be proud of just for me personally as well. Obviously, he's a, a big Blackpool fan. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can only imagine what that that feeling must have um must be like. Um, even as a Blackpool fan, I was going to say it's class. Even just monitoring our social medias and seeing that on there in in a packed football stadium, you know, it's good. It's nice to see. To be fair, yeah, yeah, definitely. I can so I can can only really imagine what that that feeling must be like. Um, but Brad, I'll, I'll come to you uh, for this one first. Um, for those maybe that haven't heard um all right yet. Um, how would you describe the band's sound in three words? In three probably words? On, yeah, probably putting you on the spot. This one before we jump on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. Oh, that's a really hard question. Because I think the sound's not like anything that's out there at the minute. And I think we've got a set acoustic player, which a lot of bands don't do, to be fair. So um, I'll go with semi-acoustic, even though that really plays us down. That's that's two of the words, right? Semi-acoustic. Well, we'll, we'll count them as one if you've got if you've got two others. Oh, that's two. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just going to go lively, and then you can go and have a listen for yourself. <laughs> Brilliant. Love that. Love that. So let's um let, let let's talk uh playing live and, and and gigs. Um obviously you announced um last week um that you've been added to the allotment stage at the Why Not Festival. Um obviously you're on the uh, obviously the lineup there's been curated um by this feeding for that for that uh, for that stage. Um so kind of like then, can you maybe remember where you were when you first heard the news that you were being added to the bill? Um, and how excited are you to be to be playing such a you know a major UK festival? Where was it? Well, Joe got the news because he was monitoring. Uh, I think you, the email popped up on your phone, and uh, yeah, I was just led on the couch watching Married at First Sight Australia. I think to which I just replied to the WhatsApp, "Nice one." Joe <laughs> <laughs> was going, "What do you mean, nice one?" Oh, it's good, isn't it? Playing it cool. You had a video reaction and all sorts. Well, no, absolutely buzzing for it. It's um, and it hopefully it's the first of many. You know, it, it's it's a grand step to take. But I, I guess Joe, you got the very very initial reaction seeing the email come through. Yeah, well, I I'm not going to try and play it cool. I, I was fucking buzzing me. <laughs> <laughs> I've said like since since we started playing the gigs and stuff. Yeah, all that every summer I'm just at, at least two festivals. I, 
I just got to play festivals, you know. If I'm going to be yeah. in a band, I'm in a band to play festivals. So, um, we've been working with this feeling for a while, and, and they've been offering us gigs and things, which are great. And I was in like an email conversation with them, sorting out some gigs for the back end of this year. So I seen um, the name, not not this feeling, the the, the, the um, promoter that we were emailing, and it's come through, and I've just obviously assumed that it was for these two gigs at the back end of the year. And then I looked again and it said, why not offer? And it was completely out of the blue. They hadn't given us the heads up that it was going to be uh, coming or anything. So I was, I was sat here, I was shouting up <laughs> to me. But then Brad knew straight away what it was, but a couple of the lads were like, wow, what the fuck's why not? And I was like, what's like, so I just put the, the line up in there. I was like, just, just Kasabian, Paul Weller and all. And then they, everyone else is then like, you know, <laughs> the best bit of the story though is so I'm in like a family group chat as well, and my mum's like, she's into her music, but she's into wham and, and all that. <laughs> and I uh, I put it in the family group chat, and my mum replied saying, "What are they? The real people?" Because she thought we were doing like a tribute festival with Kasabian, a, a fake Kasabian and a fake Paul Weller. Kasabian. <laughs> <laughs> So it was a bit of a surreal moment, really. Obviously, we're in, we're on on the uh, the the upcoming stage, like, but just to be there is massive, isn't it? Oh, yeah, no. it definitely hit us when we're there. Just like, wow, yeah, we're doing it. And it, I was saying, it feels like we've kind of won a bit of a competition on radio, really, because you you get a ticket for a weekend and whatnot, and it feels like, well, you've won that, and likewise, you can have a go at playing if you want. It's just like, oh, my, <laughs> you know, it's it's a bit surreal to be fair when, uh, when you start to take it in. And the and do you guys? I mean, obviously, it's going to be um like a fantastic festival, and and, and the lineup, not just obviously for the stage that you're on, but obviously Joe, as you've mentioned there, with you know with the headliners and that on the main stage, it looks it looks a fantastic festival. Um, so yeah, all those that are going to why not festival? What, what do you know? What day you're playing on at the moment? Or yeah, we're playing the Thursday. So you're um... playing on the Thursday, right? Okay, so those everyone going, make sure you head over to the um to the allotment stage then on, on the Thursday at Why Not and, and check out All Right because it will be more than worth your while. Uh, I can trust you, uh, assure you of that. Um, and do you guys have any like, um, you know, like pre-gig rituals at all? Are you going to be bringing any or are you going to be bringing anything out for the Why Not Festival to sort of, you know, get you in the zone or anything like that at all? Joe will just have a pair of shorts on. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> bouncing about the place in my shorts. We do um when we do a headline, we normally walk on to um Shania Twain, man, I feel like a woman, but I don't think don't think you'd be able to do that at a festival. So you might have to bang that on, you know, backstage and, and get us all get us all in the zone, I reckon. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. So obviously you've um you obviously played the iconic uh Blackpool Tower, didn't you, um a little while ago. Um, which if you haven't heard it yet, the gig is up on your YouTube channel, isn't it? Um, and I highly recommend um, that you do. I mean, what a what a fantastic moment to get to play um, to play that venue. Yeah, so it was actually there's two separate things. To be fair, with that, so we did actually do so that the video that's on YouTube was like a live set that we performed at the very very top of the tower, um, but we did actually play a gig at a venue within the tower as well. Right. Um, so both of them uh, were like pinch me moments again things that you wouldn't expect to happen um so early on as well but when when blackpool tower contact you and it's obviously the big venue in your own town everyone knows it, it was like we well, were definitely going to play it and then they said yeah we'll come up and record at the top as well so yeah unbelievable to be fair 
Well, um, there's not many names that have even been invited to play at the top, had there? And there's some quite big names of those that had, so it was uh, it, it was a bit surreal. Yeah, great stuff. Okay, so just moving away um, from all right um, briefly then, um, if you could um, make a fantasy super group, who would you put in it? Go on, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> fantasy super group. Um, I'm going to go... I'd have to have Mick Jagger as my front man. I think. Yeah. He's a, he's a cool start, isn't he? Um, who would I have? I'd have the four from Abba behind him, backing him up, obviously, as I've said earlier. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What question's that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But then some sort of... I'll just get a few session musicians in. We don't want the focus on them, do we? On the focus on the focus on Abba and Mick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a session bassist. I'll be in it. You're in, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mick Jagger. That's class. <laughs> and how about you, Joe? Have you got anyone that you want to add on to this lineup, or are you quite happy to go with Brad's choices there? I'd throw David Gilmore in there, me for his um, his guitar solos. I think that he's those big solos on Pink Floyd tunes are, are unbelievable. Mostly they come from him, don't they? So yeah, I don't mind David joining us. That's fine. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, he, he can jump in, can't he? <laughs> Spe- special guest appearance for a couple of songs. <laughs> um, so kind of like then this could be another one of these. What is what is this question? But we'll throw it out there and, and we'll see what we come back with. Um, so if you had um, a musical time machine, um, what era of music would you like to be transported back to? Mm. Question again. I'd love to see Queen live. Again, I know I've mentioned them before, but one of the best, aren't they? You know, yeah, great. Uh, obviously, great front man, isn't he? Obviously, or was uh, I should say, sorry, Freddie, and a massive sound that they have going on. Yeah, I think for me, I think the sixties obviously were very cool, weren't they? Um, all the psychedelic stuff that went on there. Could see one of us, Pedro. Yeah, get me, get me to the sixties, but also just. Just narrowly missed out on on the nineties, but the whole like Manchester and, and acid yeah. house scene and all that that's that is a bit of me to be fair. And I just feel like we just we just missed that, which is a bit gutting really. So yeah, either the nineties or the sixties would be for me. Cool, great stuff. Yeah, it's the flats now, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's I think they got they've got one of those blue plaques on the um on the wall. I think haven't they to say that this is. This is what used to be here, type of, which is right. nice. But um, I work just over the road from it, and I always see it every morning. And I think that building's seen some uh, some scenes, hasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> if if the uh, if the walls could talk, as they say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, hopefully, as you guys know, here at this is the music, um, we like to shine a light on unsigned bands um, like All Right, who are trying to establish themselves um, on the music scene. Um, so kind of like over the last, what's to say, 12 months or so, um, what bands maybe have you two been listening to that have caught your eye that, you know, you're really, really enjoying what they're doing? For me, the the big one that, that jumped out at me, and, I, and I'll be honest, I hadn't, I hadn't listened to them until um, we were on the same lineup as them. Um, it was this feeling one. But they, they blew me away and they blew everyone else away. So I, I, just before I'd listened to them, um, but Sunbeam, I don't know if you agree, Brad, like, 
when when they played in Manchester, no one was there for them. Um, because obviously they're not from round this way, but they literally had everyone in the palm of, the, of their hands, bouncing up and down, and the tunes they've got out of class, and and but because they they're a proper sound bunch of lads, and they're on, why not with us as well? Um, so it'll be good to to catch up with them again. Um, the other big, they're a bit bigger now, but rats, I absolutely love rats. So yeah. when 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 we supported them as well, I was, I was buzzing with that. Um, because I always got got rats on. Um. But yeah, there's loads, but probably them two to jump out at me just just off off the top of my head. Any for you, Brad? Um, any for me? I think it's that really because when you you start going into these lineups with this feeling, you're obviously on a bill with other bands and and whatnot as well. I think it is just that thing of it opens you up, it opens your world up to new music and the talent that's out there. Um, Joe's mentioned one there. I'd, I'd not seen Rats before. The set blew me away. It was brilliant. Um, so yeah, the, there's loads out there. I've enjoyed everyone that we've that we've played with, um, we've, and we've been on some some lineups now. Um, the Juice, there was a good set of lads. Smashing set, really enjoyed that. We played with them in uh, in Preston a while back. They're on the lineup with us as well, aren't they? As well, which will be good. Good to catch up with them again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the K's doing great stuff now. I know they've, they've had a couple of main stage um, bits and bats going on. Um, we tried to support them in Blackpool and the roof fell through. So that one didn't quite happen. Um, random story. But <laughs> so yeah, yeah, there's loads in the industry that, that are smashing it. But um, it, it's just an honour to get to play with, um, with, with all of this upcoming talent as well. Yeah, sure. Definitely. Some great, uh, great choices that you've mentioned in there. Um, I'm sure that, you know, as you say, there's a lot of people that are, that are digging what they're doing um, at the moment. Um, so we're going to bring it back then to to All Right. Um, so obviously we've spoken a little bit about, obviously we've got Dress Code coming out um, in a couple of days' time and obviously Why Not uh, Festival as well coming up. But what sort of other plans um, have you got in the pipeline for the rest of 2023? We've got we've got quite a few gigs booked in now, to be fair. Um, but we've not really announced any of them yet. Um, a few headlines and a few a few supports. Um, so yeah, we've got we've got something every month to just keep us ticking over, really. Um, a few that we're, we're, we're proper buzzing about. To be fair, we always do an annual um, gig, usually in Blackpool, um, like a big Christmas party. But we're taking that somewhere else this year. So we're, we're sticking with like what we normally do in Blackpool and who we do it with. But we're just going to go to a, to a nearby city. So some news will be coming out on that soon. We're, we're buzzing about that one. But yeah, little bits here and there just to to keep us going, really. Yeah, like brilliant. Saying, okay, well, I'll certainly be um be keeping my um my eyes out on the socials for them for them announcements when uh, when they are made. Um, and it sounds like it's going to be a a pretty busy. Um, an exciting time for for the band um, but Joe and Brad that is the end of the This Is The Music Meets All Rights podcast um, thank you both for coming on and sharing the story about the band and, and how you got together um, I've I've really enjoyed it and, and had a really good laugh um, uh, with it as well um, but just before I do let you go can you just let the listeners know the social media platforms uh, that the listeners can find All Right on yeah, so we're on um, all of them, really. Uh, but the main one for us is, is Instagram. That's where we post most of our stuff. So it's at All Right Official um, on Instagram. Um, it's All Right Official on, on Twitter as well. Um, but Facebook, we're on there as well. And we are trying the whole TikTok thing as well. But um, 
were struggling there for, for the time being. <laughs> yeah, I'd go Instagram, as you say, but all right, official. But yeah, cheers for having us, mate. We've enjoyed it as well and um, had a good laugh, but really appreciate you having us on. Oh, good stuff. Not a problem at all. And, uh, you know, obviously a bit of a fan as well, I guess you'd say. So um, it's great, great to be speaking to bands that you, you know, that we're really into um, as well. And, and we will put the um, the links to the socials um, in the episode uh, bio um, as well. Um, all right. Are set to release their brand new single dress code on Monday, the 11th of June. Um, so make sure that when it's released, uh, you give it a spin on release day. You will not be disappointed. Um, thanks again both of you for coming on um, and I wish you continued success with the single um, and obviously go and smash that set um, at Why Not Festival as well thanks very much nice one mate thank you and all that leaves me to say is to thank everyone for listening to the latest This Is The Music Meets podcast please subscribe so you never miss out on any brand new episodes and if you're loving the podcast Show us some love by giving us a five-star rating and written review, as it really does help the artist we interview to be discovered. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again very soon.